0: Welcome to the New Money Habits podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa.
1: Welcome back, budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here. Alongside me, my partner on the airwaves, as always, Sarah Jones. Today, we want to talk to you about having the money talk with your children. And so we, I think we're going to kind of go through the different stages of life with children and having age-appropriate conversations. But that is what we want to talk about is how to talk to your kids about money.
0: I love this. And, you know, I'm going to just jump in real quick and say, Nino, that um, I didn't necessarily have a lot of talks with my children when they were younger. Um, so I'm going to throw in my own portion when we're going through this of things that I wish I hadn't have done, right. Or things I wish I would have done. Um, because I think it's important now with my kids being adults, I can look back and see where I was at in my own financial journey and the things that I did and did not do with my kids when they were um, younger and, you know, through all of those stages. So um, I think this will be good for, parents, no matter what age your kids are, right? And it doesn't matter where you're at in your financial journey either. Um, I think that's important to mention.
1: I think, I too think it's important to mention, and I'm I'm glad you brought it up. It doesn't really matter where you are as the parent in your financial journey. So whether you're still paying off debt, heck, if this is the first time you're listening to the New Money Habits podcast and you're just wrapping your head around uh, taking regaining control and taking control of your own finances to your point it doesn't matter where you are I think I where I want to start is I want to start off with a, a story because I was just having this conversation the other day with my brother and I said um, I said it, and it was about parenting kind of in general but then it got specific I gave specific examples and one of them included, talking to your kids about money. And so my kids are younger. um, My oldest is 12, uh, my youngest is eight. And what I was telling my brother just about parenting in general is, it really seems as though you know, when kids are younger, they're so interested in what you're doing. They wanna help, whether that's Mm. you're doing the dishes and they wanna help you do the dishes, you're clearing the table, they wanna help you clear the table. Whatever you're doing, your children take a a very large interest in that, and they often want to be your little helper. But -hmm. if we are honest with ourselves, what do we do so many different times when we're trying to get something done and our children come to us trying to be our little helpers?
0: Well, I'll say for me, I said, go play. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yep, absolutely. Right? And that's where I mean, the
0: conversation. <clears throat> yeah, go play, you know. And 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 I think I'll, I'll jump in. And that's one of the things that I wish I hadn't have done. I hadn't, I didn't do. Gosh, my language is all messed up. <laughs> and I'm usually the 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 language person here, but you know, I mean, I'm glad that you're bringing this up because that's one of the things that I often did was hey, I'm trying to pay bills right now, go play, Mm -hmm. right? And that's, they wanted to learn. That was a huge opportunity, missed opportunity for me, right? To sit there and show them what it is that I was doing.
1: Yep. And that's exactly where my conversation with my brother and I went Mm -hmm. is I said, and, and it wasn't in the context of money at first. We were just talking about everything. And I said, you know, my eight-year-old Christopher, he loves to help me at the computer. I work from home, I do a lot of work on the computer and he loves to engage with that. And it doesn't much matter to him what it is I'm working on. So even if in that moment I am just paying the bills, you know, uh, maybe preparing the budget or executing the budget and so paying the bills and reconciling our checking account, he doesn't really care what task I'm doing. He's just incredibly interested. And mm. I too started with the, hey buddy, let me get this done and then I'm going to come play with you. And then I, I stopped doing that and I started to allow him, and I'd, I'd engage him and I'd allow him to sit with me and we would just start paying the bills. And at first... It's nothing more than he gets to click the mouse and and type in the numbers. And so he doesn't really know what we're doing. But eventually, Mm -hmm. we start to have conversations about, well, what is this? Like, why is this $900? What is this? And I'm like, well, buddy, that's the mortgage. Well, what's that? Well, Mm -hmm. daddy had to borrow money from a bank in order to buy this house that we live in. And now I have to pay the bank back, and they want nine hundred dollars a month, every month for me to pay back the money that I borrowed. Mm. I, it's the the intrigue on his face, and and the confusion, and all of that. But I can't tell you the first time I heard the word mortgage, I was probably in my twenties. Mm-hmm. My eight-year-old can explain to you what a mortgage is because I yeah. I invited him to engage instead of telling him to go play.
0: And I really love that because what it also does from my perspective is that it also teaches kids the process, right? It lets them see the process. It lets them see that it takes time mm-hmm. to sit down. Not a lot of time, but that that the budget, right? They get to see what your budget eventually, you know, again, when they're younger, they don't really understand it, but they can still see it on a screen. If you've got it, you know, in your, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you use an app or a spreadsheet, or if you've got it written on a piece of paper, right, they can still see that because you're using it when you're paying your bills and you know, all of that. And so it allows them to see the, the process. Um, And one other thing that came to mind when you were talking you know, is that it's true financial education? We get to educate our children, and we've talked about this on a previous episode. You know about um, education in the schools, but here's your opportunity to have this in your own home, and you get to decide um, what values you want to share with money, right? And and have these conversations and educate your kids, maybe in a way that you didn't receive it yourself. Right. And so even though you didn't receive it, you can now change that and say, you know what, I want to educate my kids. I want them to see what our money values are. I want them to see this process. Right. I didn't have it, but I have the opportunity to give this gift to them.
1: Yeah. You know, I think you just outlined all the value. The value is that you get to instill your values, you get to um, educate and it's all about again I go back to it's age appropriate it's mm-hmm. he's eight years old so when he's asking about why is this so much you know I, I try to keep it pretty simple but also detailed enough so that he understands again you know the the example being I had to borrow money from the bank they they gave me and I and then I t- tell him a little bit more you know they they gave me mm-hmm. $119,000 to buy this house. And I have 30 years to pay it back. And just kind of give him as much information as his little mind is interested enough in. I was about to say he can handle, but it's not even about that because he's pretty good at math. He can handle that part of it. But, you know, continue to just share as much as they're interested in learning about it. And it really opens the door for other conversations that are just as relevant. So like you said, Sarah, it's an opportunity for them to see your budget and they might not understand all of it, but if you have it written down on paper, you're using an app, whatever, you start to see, you know, DirecTV, he knows what that is. He knows that like when he turns on, he sees the logo, he can read it. He knows what DirecTV is. He knows that's our TV. I don't think until he sat down with our budget that he had any idea that we pay $50 $50 right. or whatever we pay a month for that service. And he's like, wait a minute, TV's not free? <laughs> no, buddy. <laughs> not, well, not anymore. This particular, not this particular. I mean, <laughs> I could get a, an antenna and do that whole thing. And so, yes, you can. But no, exactly. And then he starts in with the questions, right? Then he starts mm-hmm. to realize like some of the apps, like Disney Plus or Netflix, like, do you have to pay for Netflix? Yeah, Wait, does that mean you have to pay for this other one? And all of a sudden his little mm-hmm. mind is just running and he's starting to realize it, it takes money f- to have these things and and then that can lead to other conversations as well, but just keeping it age appropriate and really just having a conversation about you know the the things they see around them and how those things mm-hmm. come to be.
0: And also You know, just the language that you use. I think that when we take the time to have these types of conversations, regardless of the age of our kids, right, we start to use language that isn't. Let me back up. Oftentimes our kids hear us having money conversations around the house. But in in my experience within my own home and in a lot of people that I've worked with, right, Oh, we can't afford that. No, that's too expensive. No, we don't have the money. So when you sit down with your kids, when you're paying the bills or when you're writing your budget, right, it allows you to use different types of language, right, that Mm -hmm. I'm putting together the budget. So I know how much everything. So I know what's leaving. You know, this this is what's coming in. These are what we pay for, right? And depending on their age you would use different types, you know, and, and explain it a little bit differently, but you get to use different language and not the, we can't afford it or
1: Mm
0: -hmm. it, it brings it down into, you know, we talk about it, not so taboo, right? We all know as parents, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring, I'm going to go there for a second, but as parents, we, we buy the books, we have to have the sex talks with our kids and it's terrifying, but we're not having the money talks. So if you're preparing yourself to have the sex talk, <laughs> prepare yourself to have the money talk too. And I, let me tell you, I feel this is way easier.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: way easier.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I could not agree with that more. Uh, I'd rather sit down and and talk to my kids any day of the week about how money works. Um, a little <laughs> less excited and, and enthusiastic to uh, answer all their questions about other things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as you were saying that, it reminded me too, because like you said, it's it's about having that conversation with them and opening their eyes up to things. And, and when you said like, we can't afford it, right? So often mm-hmm. as parents, we're kind of put in a position to communicate to our children the limitations, but wouldn't it be mm-hmm. great to let them see those limitations? So I'm reminded of another example of uh, Christopher and I sitting down to do the budget, and that we were uh at the time we were still paying for abcmouse.com. So he's probably six at the time. And and I felt like he kind of graduated from needing that, but um he still very much liked the application. And so we're doing the budget and he saw abcmouse.com $7.99 or $9.99, whatever it was. And he's like, Dad, you have to pay. 10 dollars for this every month and i said yeah he's like i don't like it that much he's like oh. you can get rid of it <laughs> wow wow but like like
0: that's
1: that's an opportunity like what a, a fantastic opportunity that, that otherwise just wouldn't exist if i didn't invite him to engage
0: well and that's i just made a note here because when you were talking, I thought, you know, it's really, we could have an opportunity to ask their input, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really about getting some of their input, right? Giving them some choices in the budget. Because when we're talking about if you put in an entertainment budget, right, what would you like to do this month, right? What's one thing that you would like to do? Would you like to go out to dinner? Um, would you like to go to the movies? Would you like to go and get an ice cream cone? Right. Mm. And again, depending on their age, some kids, I mean, I'll tell you, my kids would say, Hey, we want ice cream. I've told the ice cream story, right? A lot of times. Mm-hmm. If so, if you've listened to the podcast, you you would have heard the ice cream story, but it allows you to engage them into building the budget, right? And deciding yeah. what is important this month and what they would like to do. And when I was writing my budget and going through the the major part of our getting out of debt, I didn't consult anybody. Mm. And and that's one thing that I wish I would have changed as well is asking the kids, because when I'm building stuff in, maybe that's not what they want, right? And then I get frustrated because, you know, I we just spent money to do this activity and maybe that's not what they actually wanted to do, right? And so allowing them to be a part of the, the planning process. Right. And and building of the budget. What what's important to them? Let's let's learn. Because you said your son, you know, he liked it until he saw that maybe there's a different. Right. Oh, well, gosh, no, I don't like it that much. No, this isn't as important to me as it once was. Right. Right. And it allows them to be in puts them in kind of the the driver's seat. Right. And Mm -hmm. allows them to see the choices that can be made.
1: Yeah. As you are outlining that, I'm thinking, of, like, in terms of, imagine if there was a, a small budget for, like, applications. Right? Let's say, hey, hey, son, you know, I budget $30 a month so you can have about mm-hmm. three applications. I, I'm totally making this up, but I could see it instead of just getting the applications I think he's going to like, bringing him mm-hmm. in and saying, okay, well, we can't have Four, five, or six, but we can have the, you know, this one or two, whatever those numbers are. So don't get hung up on three applications and thirty dollars. But the idea of right. really just engaging them in the process and and saying there's a budget here for that. How would you like to spend it? Now, I do want to take a, a sidebar just for a second. And for anybody who's listening and you're kind of wondering about the The amount of autonomy and the amount of um, influence I give kids on purchases, both of my children at 12 and 8 years old understand that mom and dad have the ultimate say on whether something can or cannot be purchased. So we might ask for your input, but if you come back with something way outside of left field and we're not okay with it and doesn't align to our values, the answer still can absolutely be no, but that doesn't mean you can't at least dialogue up to that point.
0: And thank you for bringing that up because, you know, they are still children, right? And, and it is Mm -hmm. your money. Um, And I think it's important to mention that. And, you know, another place that my mind just went was the grocery store, right? Mm. allowing our kids, you know, how many times you're walking through the grocery store and they want this and they want that. And they, if you set, say, and I'm going to throw out $10, this is just the number that came, you know, Hey, you've got $10 to spend at the grocery store. What would you spend that $10 on? Right. And so they're not asking for something in every aisle, right? They're not, Hey, I want Mm -hmm. this Twain. I want this. You're allowing them, Hey, you've got $10, you've got $5, you know, and allow them to pick something out. I think there's so many ways that we can have these conversations and that might be a good one for kids that are starting to learn, you know, younger age, right? They're starting to learn about dollars. How much is $1, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and give it to them, let them hold the four quarters in their hand, let them hold the dollar, right? And then they can look at the, the price tag or whatever it might be. I think it's just a great education time, you know, take those few minutes and, and, um, allow them some choices, but also be teaching them such a powerful lesson too.
1: Yeah. You know, I I love the organic nature of our conversations and that, you know, (laughs) they kind of branch off into these other areas and and it really comes up with Mm -hmm. like new ideas that I'll tell you right now, this is not what I'm implementing today. Like I have not Mm -hmm. been implementing, but boy, oh boy, do I think I'm gonna start. I love the idea of going to the grocery store And maybe specifically, you know, we're not, we're not terribly big into like cereal, but I'll use it. I will use it Mm -hmm. as an example. So imagine you're in the cereal aisle, and you say there's $10 budgeted for cereal, which cereal would you like to pick out? And, and, and Mm -hmm. so now they have, they can kind of look at prices and maybe it's, I can get three boxes if I get these three boxes, or hmm, I can only get one box if it's this other thing or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be there. Another example might be, you know, if you're buying, you know, snacks for their lunches and mm-hmm. instead of just asking them, which snacks would you like for your lunches? Here's $10 go and get as many snacks for your lunches as $10 will allow you to buy. Mm -hmm. And really giving them an opportunity to see how far a dollar does or doesn't go.
0: Mm -hmm. And over time, think of the, they're learning over time, right? About buying groceries, about the budget, about getting stuff at home that they like, and they'll eat right in their lunches, knowing that they get to pick it out. And so that's what they get to have in their lunches during the week. I think it's powerful. And, and, you know, I took a lot of that for granted. I didn't. And, and I don't know that this came to my mind back then. So I, I would say, you know, I'm upset that I didn't do it, but because I didn't know, you know, that this thought hadn't come to my mind then, but I'm just looking now and, and thinking back and how powerful that could have been. It could have changed Mm -hmm. even looking from my own perspective, the frustration of going to the grocery store with the kids, right? Approaching it a little bit differently and creating a different type of atmosphere for them could have just helped all the way around, right? It puts them again, um, their perspective and a little bit of control in them, um, allowing them to make some decisions, um, Again, within reason, certainly, you know, you have the ultimate say, but, um, and, you know, and then that goes into the kids, you know, right up when they become teenagers and maybe they get their first job, right? Now you've built some skills and, and some, some language in and shown them some things that when they start working their first job, when they're, you know, 15, 16 years old, right? What does it mean to fill up my car with gas? Right? Mm (laughs) Yeah. I need to set aside this money to be able to pay for gas or, um, you know, and that's one thing that we did do with the kids um, when they became teenagers is um, we had the conversation. This is what you're going to be responsible for if you want to have your own vehicle. You know, this is what we're prepared to do, but this is what your responsibility with that is going to be. Um, mm-hmm. And they did it. They didn't complain about it. Because we set that expectation, or you know, we, we set the the those standards, those boundaries, right? And so they knew going in. If I want to drive, it's still a choice. You don't have to at sixteen, right? But if they wanted to, then they knew that this is my responsibility with this. Yeah, I
1: really like that. Makes me think of a story that I'll share a little bit later. But um, you also got me thinking about um, as we as we outlined that grocery store um example and while you might be engaging with a five six or seven year old and so you only take that so far when you get into like that next stage you know maybe eight to twelve um i remember one of the first times that i went to uh, a store in the mall with my own money i i don't remember how much i had so i'll I'll just say it was ten dollars and i i saw this cool pair of socks that I wanted. And I I saw this other thing. And the two of those things, the price tags, Mm -hmm. as they added up, were under $10. But when I got to the register to pay for them, one thing I was not aware of at that age, whatever age that was, is tax. tax. And so I think about the next, like, when you think about setting proper expectations, that's, that's where the tie in You're you are setting proper expectations mm-hmm. around like gasoline and, and responsibilities. But another really mm-hmm. good expectation that you can be teaching kids, you know, around probably seven, eight years old, is that there is tax. And so when you are looking, and you're kind of shopping, and you're trying to figure out if you can afford something, one thing you have to be concerning yourself with is how much is the sales tax.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, you can use your receipts for that. You know, you can show them, you know, mm-hmm. this is when we're tracking, you know, I can take my grocery receipt and look at it. What did I budget, right? What did I spend? And then look, showing the kids, you know, and this is the tax that's added. So I have to figure that into my budget, right? So that all has mm-hmm. to be included in how much we're going to be spending on and I'm just go, sticking with a grocery analogy here, but, you know, I think, you know, what I'm seeing through all of this is just there's so many opportunities, right? There's really so many, it doesn't have to be this big planned event to have this mm-hmm. big talk with our kids, that there are so many opportunities with day to day life that it's just mm-hmm. a, it could be a quick conversation. It could be a quick point out, right? It's, like hey, you know how we talked yeah. about tax the other day? Yeah, look look at what you know, I don't like paying taxes, so I'm just going to say look at look how much I had to pay for taxes on the the grocery bill, right? We don't have to make it all pretty. It's just it's it's what it is, right? And and have those conversations with our kids, but it doesn't have to be a big planned event. It's the little things that happen every single day that we can just take the opportunity mm-hmm. to include them in.
1: Yeah, and and I I like how you put that, right? It it doesn't have to be a big sit down. It's almost like language. We kind of like kids for sure. They they learn language over time and just through the, the Mm -hmm. um, behavior and the, the activity of speaking and, and being spoken to. So similar, similar, similarly doing the same with money. And so I'll give you another example. And it, I love the filling up the gas tank one. Um, so I've shared on previous episodes that uh, I still um, fill up the, the card, or the car with a card, right? I'm not going to walk in mm-hmm. and pay cash at the, the gas station. So again, it was one of those times where, you know, my now 12 year old, when she was about 10, she probably was like asking, Hey dad, can I, can I fill up the car? Can, can I come and pump the gas? Okay, so uh, again, instead of no, 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 let me just get this done. Okay, let me invite that engagement. And so I give the card to my daughter and I have her kind of do all that stuff. And as the gas is actually pumping, I said, Mm -hmm. so we put in a card, what does that card mean? And because I I had conversations with her prior, She knew, she's like, oh, that's your credit card. And I said, and what's a credit card? And she's like, well, that's when you borrow money from the bank and then you have to pay it back. And I said, Mm -hmm. okay, what's the other type of card? And she's like, a debit card. And I said, what's a a debit card? And she's like, well, that's when it's your money in the bank and you're using your money right away. My 10-year-old could tell you the Mm -hmm. difference between a debit card and a credit card. (laughs) And not because I'm some fantastic parent. If anything, I'm just a huge nerd, and my poor children have to like listen to all of these money lessons. But it's those. It's just these these different opportunities that because again, they want to engage, they want to do what you're doing. So hand them the card, but then also talk to them about what is that card? Is it a debit card? Is it a credit card? What does that mean? Debit card. Oh, that means it's linked to your checking account, so your money in the bank is paying for that purchase versus a credit card. That's not your money. That's the bank's money. And then you're going to have to mm-hmm. pay the bank back. And you bet, I bet, Sarah, you could guess where that conversation went next when I was talking about <laughs> borrowing the bank's money and having to mm-hmm. pay it back.
0: Well, I think I'd probably guess that uh, you pay it off every month and it's coming out of your checking account right? Because you don't yep. want to pay so interest. You don't want to pay more. I mean, it could lead into a, a lot, but, yep. um, you know, interest. you pay it off that's every where, month. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So we talked about paying it off to avoid the interest, but we talked about what is interest. Wait, wait a minute. So the bank is going to lo- allow me to borrow money and I have to pay it back, but I also have to pay, I have to pay it back plus a little bit more if I don't pay it right mm-hmm. away. And of mm-hmm. course, little little kids faces are like wait what yeah so if i if i took ten dollars from the bank and i don't give them their ten dollars back right away they're going to want ten they're going to want twelve dollars at that point point.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know i think what this does is it, it gives kids they might not let like you you had mentioned it earlier they might not fully grasp all the concepts together Right. But right. after you keep having the conversations, right, and they keep seeing it and you introduce more things when they become when they get their first job, right, when they um, say they move out when they turn 18. Right. And, and they're um, maybe they choose to go to college or maybe they choose to get a different job. They want to move in with friends. Right you've given them the information that they can then rely back on and kind of dig back into their toolbox because really you're giving them a bunch of tools in their you know in their money toolbox right that they can pull those out then Mm -hmm. to have to be able to make i don't want to use the word better more informed decisions right yes because they've got the information that they can pull from and i don't know about you i mean and, and i'll well my parents did a really great job of They didn't have a lot of debt. My parents, I don't think they even got a checking account until I was probably 12 or 13. They used cash for everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember when they went and opened up their first checking account. I mean, I was old enough to remember that they opened up a checking account. Um, And I mean, folks, I'm not that old, right? And so we're talking, this um, this was in the 90s that they opened up a checking account. They had used cash up until that point. And one thing that they did a really good job of teaching us without formally teaching us, but again, as a kid, we pick up on these things is I knew that they didn't have debt. I knew that they had the cash. And if that cash, once it was gone, it was gone, right? They, they didn't mm-hmm. have credit cards. They didn't take out personal loans. And I hated it as a kid because I was told, no, hey, we can't afford it. You know, just real talk here. It was embarrassing. You know, driving cars that broke down all the time. We just didn't have the money. But what it did is it taught me a valuable lesson that I knew that I didn't want debt. I knew that That's I didn't want to have lesson. to deal with debt because if, if rate, you know, if regular life with cash could be that stressful, <laughs> why would I want to add on debt on top of that? Right. I just, that, that just clicked in my head and I didn't want to do it. And so I, and this just goes to show that we as parents, we teach our kids so much just with our day-to-day life and our habits that mm-hmm. if my parents would have had a conversation with me, if I would have taken the time to have more conversations with my kids when they were younger, even as teenagers, right? My daughter's still a teenager, a late teenager, but, um, you know, I'm just thinking about the information that they could have gained, right? Those tools that they could be putting in their toolboxes. So, regardless of what situation they're put in as the years, you know, go on and life happens, they can pull from that and and be able to make more informed decisions and know what the consequences both positive and negative to those decisions are.
1: Yeah. I like that you uh, you stopped yourself and you said it's not about making better decisions. It's about making more informed decisions. I think mm-hmm. when it comes to, to money management, it really is about making educated and informed decisions. And I think you and I, one of the reasons we even started this podcast is we felt like not enough. There's not enough conversation about these things. So we're all going around right. doing our best, trying to figure it out. And it would just be nice to be able to make more informed decisions because we had more information Mm -hmm. at the ready and so i think as parents we we have um an opportunity to just engage when those kids want to engage and and help them to understand these things so that to your point they can make more informed decisions Mm
0: -hmm. you know and and one thing and I might be jumping ahead just a little bit, but my son will be 23 in a couple of weeks. And I had a conversation with him a couple of, oh, probably a month ago, maybe six weeks now. And, um, you know, I have very open conversations with my kids about finances now, whereas for many years I did not, but I do now. Um, And one thing I asked him, he, he lives on his own. He lives in an apartment by himself. He works full time you know and takes care of he doesn't get help from anybody so i asked him i said buddy what what um what do you wish i would have taught you about money you know growing up what what do you feel like you wish you would have learned more about um and it this was a very real it wasn't you know hey mom you did a terrible job you know i knew that by asking him he was going to be really honest with me and he his thing was he said i was not prepared enough for bills I didn't understand mm-hmm. all the bills that come along with, you know, quote unquote, being an adult, you know, living on your own. What does that look like? And, Nino, you know, how simple, I mean, really, right? How simple that, that if I would have taken the, the opportunity to just have those conversations to show the kids when I was paying the bills, what did it look like? Right? They could have seen at least some of the process. They could have seen what the budget looked like. They could have seen how many bills there are, right? What is involved mm-hmm. with, again, quote, unquote, being an adult, living on your own. And and at 23, he's he's got a very tight budget. He does use a budget. It is very tight. Um, but that was his biggest thing is, Mom, I wasn't prepared for um, all the bills. And... Yeah. You know, that's why I love that we're having this talk today, because if I could share anything, you know, my son, again, he'll be 23 in a couple weeks. My daughter's 19. She'll be 20 um, later on in the year. So if I can share anything with parents that have kids that are younger, um, don't be afraid to take the opportunity to just have those conversations. Pull them in, you know, engage with them. Mm-hmm. Um Allow them to ask questions and and don't feel embarrassed. Be willing to share some of the things that you wish. You know what? Hey, I got a car loan and I, quite frankly, I wish I didn't have this loan, right? I, I pay a lot of money for this car and have those conversations. Boy, I used a, a credit card because I wanted a lot of things and, you know, I let myself go a little bit crazy and I'm I'm frustrated now that I have to pay this back with the interest, but, you know... This is something that I have to do. I've learned my lesson. That's why I work on a on a budget, right? That's why I use my budget more. Um, why I use my budget now? It's all all conversations that we can have with our kids, showing them what you wish you hadn't have done and why, yeah. right? What does it cause you? Again, it's the consequences. Consequences aren't always bad. And then share with them things that you did right. Hey, we got to put five hundred dollars into our peace of mind fund this month, right? Like, hey, we get to save for vacation. You know that vacation that we've talked about? We get to put money away for that this month. Share those things. Those are things that should be celebrated and shared and acknowledged within our homes too.
1: Absolutely. I like that too. It's not just about, you know, showing what you're doing with the bills, but you know, showing them the other things that you're doing with mine too. Especially, mm-hmm. you know, kids If you do something like a family vacation over the summer, you know, and kids get to enjoy that, I think it's also important they understand what it took to make Mm -hmm. that happen. You know, Um, if you're somebody who was saving up a sinking fund and it's, you know, we want to save $3,000 for a family vacation, we're going to do that over the course of 10 months. Okay, that meant $300 going into that fund every single month. You know, being able to share something that like that um, with your ch- with your children as well, just I think it's not just the money lesson itself that could be valuable, but the appreciation for what you're doing as a parent, the sacrifices you're making, you know, the how hard you're working to make these things happen. I think mm-hmm. you know you're going to see the gratitude from your children just increase because they're aware otherwise they're unaware they don't they don't necessarily know what it takes to make these Mm -hmm. things happen and so they don't know how to be grateful because they don't know other than maybe somebody telling them you should be grateful for all the things you have you know how do they know
0: what does that mean right They, they don't really know what that means if we're not taking the time to to share with them and and um you know as you were talking Um, I was thinking what a great, um, just opportunity too. if the kids say they got some birthday money, you know, you shared a story about, you know, your daughter and and the money Mm -hmm. that she received from her birthday. Or if you choose, if you're a parent that chooses to, you know, have a chore chart and you pay your kids for doing some chores, or if they, you know, help somebody out and they earn a little bit of extra money, that's an opportunity for you to sit down with them too and talk about how would they like to use that. Right. Yeah. What what is important to them? What um, because they're seeing you do it, that you get to to work with them and the dollars that they're earning. And it, it brings it kind of full circle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you mentioned the, uh, the story about my daughter, because I, I know I've shared it on a previous episode, but I was going to share it again today just because we're talking mm-hmm. about having the money talk with your kids and, and how to talk to kids about money. Um, in in identifying different opportunities at different stages. Um, so for anybody who hasn't heard the story, uh, I'm going to share it again. And if you've heard it, um, enjoy it for a second time. Anyway, um, <laughs> so my my daughter turned 12 um, in April, and it was it was that it was kind of that first birthday where almost everybody for went doing any type of actual gift and in lieu of just doing money instead. And so she made out like abandoned she, she put, pulled in a little over $200 this, this past birthday. And so, um, as we were kind of talking about just how much money that is, um, there, there, I had a couple of questions for her and I said, let's think about just a dollar for a second. And I said, if I gave you a dollar and I asked you, how much of that dollar would you want to spend? How much of it would you like to save? And how much would you like to invest? Let's break that dollar up a little bit. And she's like, well, I'd wanna save 50 cents. Okay, that's awesome. So you still have another 50 cents, what are you gonna do? And she's like, well, I think 25 is enough to spend and I would want to invest the other 25. That's fantastic. Now let's apply those same percentages to the $200 that you just got and see how you feel about that. So if we did half of $200 in savings, that would be you're going to save $100. She kind of just took that information in for a moment. And I said, and if you um, took 25% of it to to spend, that would give you $50 to spend, however you'd like again, with parents' permission, and the other $50 would go into an investment. And she thought about it for a few minutes, and she came back, and she's like, yeah, you know, $100 being saved would help me to save up for something I want in the future, so that's great. Mm -hmm. She's like, $50 is a lot of money to spend, so that's plenty. And then Mm -hmm. the $50 investment, she's like, well, you did tell me that investments can go up and they can go down. So I don't want to lose too much. So 50 <laughs> feels okay because I know it can go up. And so just I all I did was ask the questions. I did not set the mm-hmm. the percentages for her. She set those for herself. Then we talked through mm-hmm. what those would look like. And she was willing to then implement those. And as I shared last time, if that's a habit that she can – hold on to and apply when she gets her first paycheck and beyond, she's going to do all right managing money. Yeah.
0: Well, and I just think that it it really is a direct correlation to the conversations that you're having with your kids, right? They get to see this happening and um, it will serve her very well in the future because again, it's put her into control of how she wants to use her money. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. you telling her how to use it. She gets so to make important. those decisions. Right. Yeah. It's um, you know, it's funny when my son was getting ready to move out of, he lived with um, his best friend for a year. And when he was getting ready to move into his own apartment, he, he called me and he said, mom, he said, I want to kind of pick your brain. He said, you know, you are the financial coach and everything. So I figured if anybody, if I should ask anybody this question, it should be you. So, you know, they, they learn now. Right. And one of the greatest Mm -hmm. moments I'll tell you is when your kids, well, for me, when your kids are willing to ask you those questions, right. Because he wanted to plan it out. He wanted to know, like, what do I do? How am I going to make this work? Right. How do I know if I can make this work? And he had written down everything. And, you know, so we were going through it. And I said, well, buddy, what about, you know, such and such? And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Right. So, going through again, what's important to you? What are the things that you, you know, the kind of the top of the priority you want to make sure your rent's covered in your utilities? You know, what's that going to look like? And then we go down. Okay. Now, what's important to you? You know, gas to get back and forth to work, you know, groceries. You need some food. And, and, um, We just went through all of it and, and, um, you know, my daughter grabbed a piece of paper. She was, um, we were all together and she grabbed a piece of paper and she said, well, actually, you know what? I want to write some of these numbers down too, for myself. She said, I need to have a better, um, idea of where my money is going. You know, I'm working, but I'm going to be moving out of the dorm. She's in college, right? I'm going to be moving out of the dorm. So how much can I afford? To, to live out of the dorms into something else. It was a beautiful moment you know, um, for me as a parent because, and, and the, part of the reason why I'm sharing this story is because it's never too late. It's never too late to start having different conversations, right, and to start having the conversation because I mentioned before, I, I went a lot of years without having the conversations, but once I understood how powerful those conversations could be, I started having them and um, I didn't tell my kids what to do, right? We Mm. went over their options and what does it look like and what is important to you? Would I do things differently? Absolutely I would. I've got years, you know, knowledge and experience and things are a little bit different from my perspective but it's not my budget, right? They get to make those choices but it's never too late to start having the conversation. Um, and if I, you know, if nothing else, if I want, you know, that's one of the biggest points I I think I want to get across today is that it's never too late. It does not matter what age your kids are. It's never too late to start having that conversation. And quite frankly, we could apply this even to us as kids reaching out to parents and having some of those conversations as they're getting older too. Right. Um, and that could be Mm -hmm. a whole other episode, but It's never too late with your kids to start having those conversations.
1: Yeah. Yes. So throughout the course of this episode, you've identified a couple of barriers that people might allow to get in the way that should not get in the way. And that is, Mm -hmm. it is never too late to start having these conversations with your kids. It does not matter what your financial circumstances are. Today mm-hmm. to have the, these conversations, and you're absolutely right. Once you learn how to talk to your kids about money, you can easily turn the focus onto your parents. And if there are conversations <laughs> that need to be had there, you know, you you mentioned the the proud moment where your son, and then sub- subsequently your daughter came to you, and you know, looking for your advice because you're the financial coach. When I started doing this, my mother was like, hey, can we sit down and go over my numbers and, and just make sure wow. that I'm doing things correctly? And it really, it really tore down that barrier. You know, we've said it on the show before. We, we hinted at it today, but I want to just call it out. Talking about how much money you make with your kids is usually taboo how like Mm -hmm. it's none of their business and and they don't need to know that. And all that is, is a bunch of pride getting in your way, set the pride aside and have some real conversations. Have those with your spouse, your accountability partner, with your kids, with your parents, you know, people who you can trust. They, They need to be people that you have a good, healthy relationship with so that, you know, nothing toxic comes of it, but there's no reason not to have these conversations. All the barriers you've built up in your head about, I don't talk about, You know, the other thing that was really interesting when I started doing financial coaching is, and I think I've shared this part of this before, I have no problem asking somebody what they make. Now, I don't go to, up to people in the grocery store like, so how much money do you make a year? Right, But when I'm mm-hmm. sitting down with a client, it's just, it it's so second nature for me at this point. Like, how much are you making? You know, how often are you paid? Okay, it's every two weeks. What's your paycheck? And, and they just open up about it. What was really interesting is when I started doing this, how many of my family and friends were like, mm. hey, Nino, this is how much I'm making. This is how much my mortgage is. I have this car payment. Do you think this is in line? Is it out of line? What's... And they were just opening up about it. And now, like, I know mm-hmm. what all of my friends make. And not from, like, the that toxic, like, well, I make yeah. $120,000 a year now. <laughs> like, it's not that. It's the, it's, this is what I make, but these are my expenses. You know, are things in mm-hmm. line? Can I be doing something different? You know, what advice right. do you have for me? That type of thing.
0: And I love it because it does. It just, it opens up. And it it just removes one more wall that we built, you know, one more thing that we have to try, that we feel like we need to try and keep private. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't believe, um, I think there are some things that we keep private from our children. You know, there are some things that they, they just don't need to know. But with our money and what we're going through, I just... Looking back, I see so many missed opportunities for myself, areas that I could have and wish I would have taken the time to just sit down and, and walk them through it to maybe explain a little bit differently, right? Maybe why something was the way it was and use it as a time to connect with them, um, And I did, I let my pride get in the way. I didn't want them to know, you know, because we want our, I think I wanted my kids to believe that, you know, I'm the best, right? I mean, we, we kind (laughs) of want our kids to, to believe that about us, that we have no faults. And, you know, and I work with a lot of people and, you know, that have adult children and they're terrified to tell their kids where they're at financially because they don't want their kids to think differently of them. And not a single instance has there been where healthy relationships, right? that their kids Mm -hmm. have thought differently of their parents. It's, it's something that we make in our head. Um, and I want to, I want to work on breaking those down because our kids, and I think I'm more open with my kids now because there was this period of time when, um, we decided to be full-time RVers, knowing that I wasn't going to be able to be around my kids, Mm -hmm. right? We're traveling and, um, my kids, they're still relatively young, you know, young adults, but they're still relatively young. And I love them more than anything on this earth, right? Um, but I I had that conversation with them because there was this guilt. I had this little bit of guilt. And I wanted to get say, listen, you know, this is why we're doing it, but this is how we're making this happen, right? And you guys mm-hmm. know and brought up some of the other conversations that we've had, right? We're not doing this in debt. We're doing it. We're, we're cash flowing this you know, this lifestyle is just, um, you know, we're, we've just changed our budget. So they know, again, it shows them, and I've said it, um, showing our kids that you can live out your dreams, that you can make things happen. You have yeah. to work your tail off. Right. Right. But you can do it. And um, that's one of the biggest reasons why, for me, why I wanted to continue on being a full-time RVer and why having these conversations with my kids for me, even as them being young adults is so important Um, because I want them to know that we always tell our kids, you can be anything and you can do anything, but are we really showing them how to make that happen? Yeah. We're not. Yeah. And this is a way to do it is talk about money.
1: You just reminded me that. um, So I actually, uh, before we, connected to, to record this episode. I was on with um, uh, a couple that uh, I've been working with for quite a while. Um, I've actually worked with them so long that uh, when I first started working with them, their daughter was graduating high school, but same daughter is now graduating college. Um, wow. and, and part of what we were working together to do is to make sure that no one went into debt for their daughter's education. So. The daughter didn't take out student loans. The parents didn't take out any loans to, to make this happen. They, they, they um, found ways, scholarships, and other ways to, to make sure uh, that they got through it. That's not the point. The point is have been working with them so long that um, when we first started working together, they they were open with their daughter about what was happening. Oh, we're, we're meeting with mm-hmm. a financial coach, and these are the things we're working on, and and, and this, that, and the other. And for the first three years of her college experience, I had, uh, engaged with the daughter, maybe twice. Um, but in going into her senior year, um, we collectively, the parents and I were like, we want the daughter to start doing more and more of her own money management. So Mm -hmm. there were some some scholarships coming in to pay for school and that was supposed to help with room and board and all of those different things so i've spent the last year with this adult you know this young adult you know mm-hmm. implementing all the same things her parents have been learning and now that she's graduating there's a decision there's many decisions to be made but there's a decision about what's next and
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so to your point about we, we say you can do anything and you can be anything. And, you know, the world is your oyster. Do we ever like sit down and help people figure out, you know, do we ever help our kids figure out how to do that? These parents did. And so now this daughter's got some decisions to make, but she's also got that toolbox that you keep referring to. And Mm -hmm. she's got, she's got a bunch of different tools in that toolbox. And one of the biggest things that she has that, um, I think is important for any young adult, and it sounds like your kids have it too, is they have the dignity that comes with Mm self-reliance. I'm not relying, like I'm 20 something years old and I'm out in the big bad world. And I have the dignity of, I'm out there and I'm doing this on my own. And I don't, I don't, need mom and dad to to bail me out of every little thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as somebody who struggled mm-hmm. in his early 20s, I know that like at one point at 24 years old, I had to go move back in with my parents. And it made me feel like an epic failure in life. Like, mm-hmm. like I did something wrong because I was already out there. I was out there. And uh, apparently I couldn't mm-hmm. make it work. So now I had to go crawling back home with my tail between my legs. And so There's a lot of dignity that comes with, I, I can manage money. Well, I might not have a lot of it. And I'll tell you right now, it doesn't matter how much you have. If you manage money well, you will always have more than enough.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, and I think it, because it's true, right? I mean, there's, there's, um, it's giving our kids, and and again, going back to the kids, showing them, right, with their $5 that they earned from helping a neighbor mow the yard, right, or they collected mm-hmm. cans and turned them in, and so they've got, you know, um, $8 in their pocket from collecting cans. It doesn't matter the amount of money, and going back even to your the story with your daughter, right, if she had $1 or she had $200, right, how do you want to use the the money that you have How do you want to use it? Mm -hmm. Right. Not willy nilly. That's my word. I use (laughs) willy nilly a whole lot lately, but uh, (laughs) I don't know why, but I'm going to use it today. But, you know, just being intentional. Right. And how, again, it's not the amount that matters. And I love that. Um, We think, Oh, well I have to make so much, right. I have to make a certain amount to do this or it's not true. And you don't have to make a certain amount. You don't have to have it all together before you start having the conversations with your kids, you can let it be messy because they're going to understand messy.
1: Yeah.
0: Because they love you and they care about you and they want to know what's going on right in a, in a healthy way. And, um, we should be messy in front of our kids, but in a healthy way.
1: Yeah. I really like that. Being messy in front of our kids in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this has been, another great episode. And I want to do a, a quick summary. So, uh, you know, talking to kids about how to manage their money is just all about finding opportunities to engage your kids with age appropriate conversation, um, breaking down things in their simplest forms. Um, you know, one of the other things that I, I won't go off too much on the tangent about this, but one of the things that really bugs me, um, In my early 20s when i when i figured it out is so my father never sat me down and talked to me about the difference between rent and mortgage and Mm. come to find out that you know i grew up in buffalo new york and um by the time i was in my late teens early 20s um i probably could have bought bought a house somewhere in in that city for fifty thousand dollars right and it, what, what's a mortgage on $50,000, like three hundred and fifty, four hundred dollars 400 a month? Um, right. You know, I was paying twice that in rent. Um, and so it's about having these age-appropriate conversations where you can help your children understand things like, what does it look like to rent in your area? What does it look like to have a mortgage in your area? Um, mm-hmm. When they're younger, what is a mortgage? I love using layman's terms. Look, I borrowed money from the bank. So really, technically, like, I'll, I'll even ask the kids from time to time, like, who who owns this house? And they're like, you kind of, but really the bank until you pay them back. Like, they know the bank owns the house until I pay them back. <laughs> Uh, Right. Having the conversation about the difference between a debit card and a credit card. And again, using such simple terms as when I use the debit card, I'm using my money. When I use Mm -hmm. the credit card, I'm using the bank's money and I have to pay them back. And I usually have to pay them back more than what I took from them unless I'm paying it off every month. Just these these little simple ways Mm -hmm. to really bring your kids along and understand, you know, some of the fundamentals about how money works. I think it's really important. Mm-hmm.
0: It is. You're just, um, you're building up their, their financial toolbox, right? Giving them the things that they need so they can be successful in life.
1: Absolutely. Well, we went in the entire hour without talking about how to balance a checkbook or, um, <laughs> some of the other silly, uh, financial literacy things that, um, we think are, are important early on. Yes. Balancing a checkbook is important. Uh, I I wouldn't start there with kids when it comes to financial literacy, Mm -hmm. just talk to them about the the things that are happening right there in front of their face, uh, when they want to help you to pay the bills, let them help pay the bills when they want to help pump the gas, take that opportunity to not only let them pump the gas, but tell them how the gas is getting paid for and how much it costs and all that stuff.
0: Yep. Let them help you out when you're in the grocery store, right? Give them five dollars to pick out some things for their lunch, you know, their snacks for the lunch, for lunches for the week, or you know, just again, it's about using where you're at right now and taking advantage of all the opportunities that you have in front of you um, to just have the conversations with them.
1: Yep, so many opportunities. Definitely seize the moment. Um, If you're listening and you need a toolbox and you need to um, put some tools in that toolbox, remember that you can visit our website at newmoneyhabits.com. We have some great resources uh, under a button called Helpful Tools right there. Um, Things like a budget and other calculators what and uh, and the alike to help you figure out uh, how to budget um, the things that you're looking to budget also want to remind you that you can go to the show notes or to the website to schedule one-on-one time, one-on-one financial coaching time with Sarah, myself, or any of the other New Money Habits coaches. And um, we will continue, as we always do, this conversation next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.